So we see that Hagar was a bond woman. She was a servant. So in the Old Testament, babies put women in position of power. We saw how Hagar disrespected Sarai when she knew she was pregnant. Here we have two women fighting and struggling for position. Sarah has position, but she has no baby. So it weakens her position as Abram's wife. And Hagar is pregnant, so it strengthens her position because she has the heir to everything she sees around her. Abram and Sarah are old, and by appearances, if Hagar looked at them, death could be knocking at their door. And her son was going to be the heir to everything she sees around her. I'm Alice Newsom, and you're listening to the Repurpose and Publish podcast. I've heard it said that graveyard is the most valuable piece of real estate on the planet because it's filled with unrealized dreams, ideas, and visions. This podcast is about denying the grave consumption of the great content locked up in my computer and taking the bold step to share my thoughts and creativity with you. And now, here's more repurposed content from my computer. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father God, you are certainly awesome in this place. We are appreciative that you allow us to come into your presence. We thank you that you desire to reside on the inside of us. Lord, that's where you want to live. That's where you want to take up residence. You want to be there every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't want us, God, to just come to church on Sunday. And then Sunday afternoon, we're out there doing whatever we want to do. You want us to be mindful of you. You want us to keep you, Lord, in our hearts. So, God, that's our desire and that's our prayer. Help us, God, to be desirous to have you live on the inside of us. God, it's not because of our goodness, God, but it's because of yours. It's because of what Jesus did. That's because, Lord, we can be righteous in your sight because of what Jesus did. The righteousness of God resides on the inside of us because of Jesus. So we bless you for Jesus. We bless you for this day. We bless you for every person that's sitting here right now in the name of Jesus. We just bless you and we honor you and we glorify your name and we say, Lord, come and sit in the presence of your people. We pray that we have provided an atmosphere of worship where you want to come and just dwell. So we just thank you, God, for your presence here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So now, without further ado, here's a modern-day version of the Sarai and Hagar story found in Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 6. Oh, God, what am I going to do? 
People may say that I have everything. They may say that I have jewels, land as far as I can see. They may say that I'm wealthy, but I don't have one thing. I don't have a child. What am I going to do? My husband wants a child. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Come in. Hey, I was just checking up on you. Oh. You need anything? Oh, hey, hey, hey girl, how are you? How are you doing? I'm fine. Oh, that's good. That's good. What's wrong? Oh, hey, girl. I don't know what I'm going to do. Hey, girl. My husband wants a baby. I don't feel like a real woman, Hagar. What am I going to do? Have you prayed and asked God about it? Pray. I've been praying every day, Hagar. You just have to trust and believe in God. I know. I know. I know. That's what everybody keeps telling me. I know I need to pray. That's what Abram keeps telling me. I have to keep praying and believing and waiting on the Lord. I don't know what I'm going to do. Do you need anything else? No, that's it. Thank you. Hagar! Wait, 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 wait. Hagar, I have an idea. Hagar, why don't you sleep with Abraham so I can get a family? Sleep with your husband? Yes, Hagar. Um, I don't know about that. What do you mean you don't know about that? Um, I don't feel that's appropriate. Like, I don't think you should, like... Yes, yes. You are my hand servant. You will sleep with Abraham. Hagar, an Egyptian girl, was given as a maidservant, a slave, to Sarai. Now, this is what happened. There was a famine in the land that Sarah and Abraham lived in. So they traveled to Egypt. Because of Sarah's beauty, Abraham told Sarah, tell the king of Egypt, I'm your brother. And I tell him, you're my sister. And the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, he took Sarah into the palace to marry her and gave her Hagar to serve her. Because Sarah and Abraham was God's chosen, God caused plagues to come upon Pharaoh and his household in order to make the king return Sarah to Abram. When they left Egypt, they took all the possessions they had acquired, and that included Hagar. They ended up traveling to Canaan, and after Hagar was in the household of Abram for 10 years, her mistress Sarai sent Abram in to lay with her. Sarah thought she had gotten too old, and this would be the only way for her and Abram to have a child. She didn't want to wait on the promises of God that she would have her own child by Abram. Now... Hagar is pregnant. With the confirmation of pregnancy, Hagar became very proud. In just a few short months, she successfully accomplished something the first wife repeatedly tried and failed to do for years. She was impregnated with Abram's heir. Hagar started to snub Sarai and disrespect her. I imagine Hagar strutting around the tent, patting her pregnant belly, 
and peering at Sarai through squinted eyes with a look of disgust on her face. Hey God, what you doing? What? Why did you clean up this house? This house is a mess. What's your problem? What is your problem? Uh, nothing. We don't know. I thought maybe since I was pregnant that I wouldn't have to clean up the house anymore. So, yeah. Oh, no. You need to clean up this house. I need you to clean up this house right now. That's not going to happen. Oh, you think think just because you laid with Abraham that you, you, got, you got it like that now? This is your idea. So, yeah, I'm not going to see. Oh, wait. I'm going to have to talk to him because I'm, I'm just going to be too I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. Abraham, Abraham, you need to come and deal with Hagar. I told you, you need to deal with her. What do you mean it was my idea? You know what? Just like a man. Want something done, do it yourself. Sarai was upset and blamed Abram for this mess. But he threw the ball right back in her court. He told her to deal with the problem she created. So Sarai did just that. Hey, are you not going to clean up this house? Don't you think you're being hated? Uh uh. No, uh uh-uh. You going to clean up this house? No, I'm not going to clean up this house. You will clean up this house. Sarai must have treated Hagar like an unloved stepchild. Home sweet home was now a war zone, and the first wife was winning every battle. So we see that Hagar was a bond woman. She was a servant. So in the Old Testament, babies put women in position of power. We saw how Hagar disrespected Sarai, when she knew she was pregnant. Here we have two women fighting and struggling for position. Sarah has position, but she has no baby. So it weakens her position as Abram's wife. And Hagar is pregnant, so it strengthens her position because she has the heir to everything she sees around her. Abram and Sarah are old, and by appearances, if Hagar looked at them, death could be knocking at their door. And her son was going to be the heir to everything she sees around her. It's not that Hagar and Sarai were fighting over Abram, the man. They were fighting over Abram's heir, Abram's seed, Abram's posterity. That's what they were fighting over. So it's like um, women today who seek to have babies by rock stars or athletes. Because they know they may end up marrying them, or at least they'll get child support. And those child support payments are very hefty. So we have Abram back in the Old Testament who is rich. He's the promised heir to the kingdom of God. He's the father of faith. He's the beginning that God made the covenant with. He's covenant Abraham, and he has no seed. He has no heir. He has nobody to pass that on to because we're human and we're going to pass away. So the blessing of God is not just for us today. It's for our posterity. It's for our children. 
and our children's children. That's why when God opens up the windows of heaven and pours us out a blessing, we don't have room enough to receive because we're not going to be here long enough to receive everything that God has for us. So he wants our children to be blessed and our children's children to be blessed. God has made us promises. And today we want you to think about what God has promised you. What has he said to you? Has he said anything to you? Have you been listening? Have you been seeking? Because he says if you seek, you're going to find. And if you're not, it'll be open. Okay? And that's our relationship with God. That's when we get on our knees. That's when we pray. That's when we open our Bible and we read. And we say, God, I don't understand. God, what does that mean? I don't know. But you keep asking and you will know. He will tell you what that means. It may not be right away, but if you keep listening and paying attention, you will understand what you ask God to give you understanding of. He may bring it through another person. He may bring it through the radio or TV. I don't know. But if you pay attention, you will see and hear the answer to the question that you ask God. Hallelujah, God. Your people have come before you. They've come to your altar, God, and they're seeking you. Each one has a different need, God, but you are God Almighty, and you see the need. God, I thank you as they call out to you in their hearts, God, that you are answering them, God, that you hear their prayers and you want to answer, and you will answer by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we honor you because you are king. You are God. The only one that can help with any situation. The only one that can solve all problems. God, we praise you. We magnify your name. You alone are God. We honor you and praise you. These people, God, your people that are called by your name, God, let them humble themselves and pray and seek your face. And turn from the wicked ways, God, so that you can heal the land, God. We are praying for your blessings, oh God, on your people. God, we're praying for your people to be set free. We're praying, oh God, for any hindrances, God, to be moved. Any chains, oh God, to be broken. God, loose them. Loose them in the name of Jesus, God. Only you can loose and set free. So that's what we're asking, God. Hallelujah. Be it unto them, Lord, according to their faith. So increase their faith, God. Increase their faith, God. Increase their faith, God. Let them ask you for something, Lord, and do it right away so they can believe that you will answer the prayer. God, do it in the name of Jesus. Do it in the name of Jesus. Eyes are on you, God. Our eyes are not on our situation. Our eyes are not on our problems. Our eyes are on you. And help us to speak it, God. Help us to speak it into the atmosphere. Help us to speak, Lord, the promises you made to us into the atmosphere, God. Let him speak it to you because you hear it, God. We're just repeating back to you what you say to us. God, we know it's your will when you say it, and we just say it back to you. God, help us to hear. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to understand, God. Let us grow closer to you. Let that be our desire, not just to come and sit and watch 
No, a relationship with the God of all creation, the God who called light forth, the God who told the sea to come this far, the God who made man and woman in his image. God, you are awesome, awesome in this place, awesome in our lives. You alone are God, and we magnify you, and we praise you, and we bless you, and we say thank you, and we all praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Hello, I'm Galene, your host from Let's Meet the Author. I want to go ahead and boast about one of my authors who premiered in the first season, Alice Newsom. I have read her book over and over and I cannot put it down. I have recommended to my sisters, I recommend to my mom, to my aunties, and even the male members in my family. Finally, there's a book that talks about the women of the Bible, all right? And also, it gives juicy details about the lives of Jesus' ancestors. The book is called The Sorted Lives of Jesus' Ancestors. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Jesus' family does too. You gotta get your own copy. Go to alicenewsome.com and go ahead and read it and find out all the secrets of Jesus' ancestors. alicenewsome.com. Get your copy today. You will not regret it. I've been busy. I've recorded an audiobook too. Now, the audiobook is a convenient way to hear the stories of the women in Jesus' family tree as you go about your day. I'm the narrator, and it comes with a special audiobook companion document. Get your audiobook now. If you are anything like I am, then you have a stored collection of stories and lessons. I encourage you to get that content out of your mind, out of your device, out of your journal, and share it with the world. Enrich someone's life because they are waiting for you. That's a wrap. Another podcast is in the books. It's published. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share it and subscribe to get each episode as it becomes available. And please leave a review. Visit my website, alicenewsome.com. Remember to repurpose and publish. Thanks for listening.